Hello everyone, this is Jason from Two Dads with Hats, and this week I'm pleased to bring you an episode we recorded several months ago with our friend Jane Leahy from Nebraska. Jane shares with us her advice and approach that helped her make the difficult decision to leave her job of over 33 years and reinvent herself in the world of consulting. In this story about professional development and stepping outside of your comfort zone, I wrote down some quotes from Jane. My favorites are, value is the one thing that every employee wants to give, what every process should deliver, and what every customer wants for their money. And the title of this episode is inspired by this quote, bloom where you're planted and bloom where you're transplanted. Here we go with episode 35 of Two Dads with Hats, Bloom with Jane. Enjoy. Let's do this thing. From the left coast to the Great Lakes, welcome to Two Dads with Hats with your hosts, Jason and Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? Soy bueno. How are you doing? Soy bueno. You know, I've been working on my Spanish, but I still don't know what that means, except bueno's good, right? Bueno's good. And I saw a sign actually that said, hey, what if soy milk is just milk's way of introducing itself in Spanish? I've never heard of that before, but it's, it's deep. It's pretty, I don't know. It's cerebral, man. Well, that's why I'm, I'm cerebraling here. I, I went to a board game day because, you know, I nerded up and I got this new game called San Juan. And it is unabashedly an attempt to colonize uh, Puerto Rico, <laughs> and um, including the colonists. Um, I can't share all of it because it would probably upset some people. Hmm. But it's a really, it's a really good European game, albeit about the Caribbean. Well, we kind of are in the business of upsetting people with our show. Although I, I I've learned recently that we're we're helping some people. We got some good feedback, and it's really invigorating to hear from people that are, that relate to some of the topics we talk about and feel like we're helping them. That's awesome. I know. Cause we, I mean, just a, a show that published yesterday, uh, somebody texted us about, uh, how it, how it helped them and some things they do. And, and I gotta say, we're, we're like the top show in some counties <laughs> or parishes in some parts of the world. So really we'll have to check our, our metrics there. But today we have a good one for you, even though uh, we have some things going on, you know, it's really warm and I don't know how you do it in Southern California over there, man. It's like what, 74 degrees and sunny and perfect. It's brutal at the beach bonfire last night. People were huddled up. They had hoodies. Once the sun went down, I mean, the band that was playing, it was like, we could barely hear them because we had so many layers on. It was, it was difficult here. I'm thrown back to episode one because I have a I have a winter hat on today. It's 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 almost summertime, but I have a winter hat on because it is cold here in Wisconsin. We're recording this in May, and you look like you're ready for the Arctic. <laughs> I am ready for the Arctic, but today we have a, we have a good one. We have one of our friends and special guests to the show, uh, Ms. Jane Leahy. Jane, hello. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Great to be here. And we were talking earlier that um, I talked about how I got to know Jane a little more over the last couple of years. And, and Brandon, you have an interesting story as well, how, how you met Jane. 
or I should say, Jane, do you want to, do you want to share your story of how you met Brandon? Sure. I can share that. It was at the HDI officer summit three years ago. I was a brand new officer and made the trip out to the leadership summit that weekend. And, uh, I was accompanied by a direct report of mine who I'd sent the year before as an officer and, and she was all pumped. She had met uh, Brandon as part of her first year experience. And so when we got there, uh, she knew who he was right away, introduced me and, and the fun began. You just, there was not one single serious conversation or sentence in that that initial conversation, but it became about his shorts. That's all I remember is Brandon in his shorts because I think it was still chilly in June in Colorado Springs at that time. And, and in comes Brandon with the shorts on. So later on, saw him with jeans on, couldn't figure out who that was. So when he's in jeans, he became Brandon. When he's in shorts, he's Brandon. <laughs> I, I'm actually wearing those same shorts now. Um, a good pair of shorts will last forever. So <laughs> as a native Floridian, now living in California, Jane, I change into shorts every day when I come home. It's, you know, change out of work clothes, shorts. And on non-work days, shorts. So, you know, shorts is where it's at. Well, and the snow's not flying, that makes total sense. Exactly. And here we have basically two weeks in the summer that we can enjoy some shorts and maybe sandals. So, yeah, it, it, at least someone's holding down the fort there in California, man. I appreciate that. All 40 million of us, we are. So today we invited Jane on the show for a reason. <clears throat> we've been talking about some of the things that we've learned. Let's see, what in the world did we write down here? Changing careers. Mm-hmm is the first thing that comes to mind. So, so Jane, you recently got a new job. You switched careers. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and what your lesson, what, did, what have you learned over the last couple of years? Well, so recently, my, it's been, I've been in my new job capacity a little over a year. So um, I made that change uh, after a long, long career of being on the practitioner, the consumer side of, of the ITSM industry. I led IT services and support uh, for a large uh, financing institution, headquartered right smack in the middle of the United States with national touch, uh, implemented the program, did all that. Through all that, um, you know, I, I matured in my, my knowledge, I matured as a leader, I matured in a lot of ways that I appreciate and, and I'm very grateful for the company that I worked for all those years. I always, uh, I, especially when I got involved in service management and the tie to people and processes, I always fell back to a saying of mine that was threefold that said value is the, value is the one thing that every employee wants to deliver, every, excuse me, every employee wants to give, every process should deliver, and what every customer wants for their money. And I was really getting to a point in my career where value was, was still there, but I, I wanted to give more. And there were some restraints where we were at where uh, things were, just weren't going to happen as fast as I probably wanted. So there was a, a little bit of energy that I needed to rechannel and uh, started thinking about how else I could rechannel that, that energy, that knowledge, that wisdom. And uh, the more I thought about it, a lot of it I reflected on is what I was getting also out of my HDI experience, a local chapter officer, and being in an officer position, being in a, whenever we'd have our monthly events in my chapter locally in Nebraska, we, we have monthly events. I just really looked forward to uh, the gathering and the networking with people and, and listening to their successes, their gaps, their problems. And uh that really kind of spawned me into thinking about getting on the other side of the fence and getting into a consulting role. 
and being able to work with multiple companies instead of just one and, and running into that restraint when, uh, for all the right reasons, other priorities going on, things like that. So, but a pretty big leap. Um, I thought about it probably way too long. <laughs> My husband even told me one morning, just do it. Uh, so you, it's a change that you have to make. And um, I did it, I think, probably because I reflected back on uh, a model of change that was very, very successful for me. I think amazingly successful that I've seen play out, um, not only in my past work of working in service management and doing culture change and people change and technology change, and it's really based on the influencer model. So Jane, you know, we're, we're real big into change here on the show. That's kind of what we, our mantra, we're focused on professional development and change is the only constant. So you mentioned the model, you had a change model, and I'm interested in learning more about that. Yes, it's the influencer model. Uh, Joseph uh, um, Granny, I always think, have to think of his name, and Carrie Patterson and a slew of colleagues published uh, a book on this. Oh gosh, I think it's probably about six, seven years old, and there's a newer edition, but it really is focusing on uh, where are you at today, uh, no matter what that change is, and what is the change that you envision to achieve? So know that first. Where are you at today and where do you want to be? And then uh, from three different levels, from a personal, a social, and a structural level, uh, figure out, define on those three areas. And it's very important that you do all three. What are the barriers at the personal level, the social level, the structural level that's going to keep you from getting to that envisioned change that you want? And once you know what those barriers are, then you just simply strategize how to overcome those barriers. Because the reality is, if you don't overcome the barriers, you're never going to achieve that change. I, I like that. Can you say the name of, uh, of that author again, please? The Influencer, The Power to Change Anything. And the, the, the first two authors listed first are Joseph Grenny and Carrie Patterson. There's a slew of other colleagues that are on the book cover. That reminds you, I think, Jason and Jane, um, of some other personal strategy um, techniques. I, I recently took a, a, a day, just a, a day off, planned it in advance, and did a personal strategy day for my next two years, five years, and kind of the same types of things, I think, Jane. Um, but I'd like to take a look at that and uh, see what we what we come up with as well. So uh, it's, it's very important. Kind of all relates into Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? With the different things that you need and what are the obstacles and how to remove them. Yeah. Lots of good um, parallels through both. Personal level was really uh, realizing my barrier was, was uh, the confidence that I could make the change. Um, and that came when uh, I was getting close to making the leap. Uh, I had gone to a digital um, business partner uh, workshop with a, a university here in Omaha and got had the pleasure of sitting next to a, a software vendor, uh, not the software vendor that I currently work with, but it was one that I had, uh, as part of a tool deliberation, we had almost invested in. And the only reason we didn't was because we couldn't understand what their culture was. Hmm. And they were flabbergasted when I gave them the news that we didn't choose them. Fast forward a couple of years, I sat down and I introduced myself. And he knew who I was and reached out of his portfolio and slid a 5 by 7 card in front of me. And it was a nice promotional card, laminated card of their product. And then he flipped it over and on the back. There were uh, their, their uh, core value statement, and they didn't have that before. And so when I had followed up with them to explain why culture and, and the fabric of your culture is your core values, they took that. And uh, 
and learned from that and and made sure that the world knew that they had they had core values so that they could speak the language of the audiences that they were selling to. So that was a huge day. That was a changer for me. That gave me the the confidence and the understanding that I could influence, that I could consult. So uh, that was the personal barrier to overcome. The social was all about, um, I was involved in HGI. I still am. I continue to try to elevate that involvement, but I got involved with uh, another professional group here in Omaha, just to, um, in the Heartland, Women in Technology in the Heartland, just to continue to build relationships, uh, get my name out there, learn where you know, there might be opportunities. And then that structural level at the end, it really came down to uh, leaving my job. That's, that's, that was the structure. If I, if I had stayed where I was at, I never would have gotten to where I am today. And that was pretty hard. Like I said, I, it was the hardest of all the, the barriers to overcome um, because the easy thing would have been to stay and be unhappy. <laughs> uh, the hard thing is to, is to leave a place that you've been with for so long and, and uh, trust that you can find happiness there. Uh, but the change model, the influencer model, helping with that once I identified what those barriers were and my strategies to overcome, uh, I was able to get there. So still pinching myself. So you you were at your former job for about fifteen years, if I remember correctly. Oh, want to double that? No, no way. Thirty years. Okay. So, um, Thirty-three. Okay. <laughs> Break of service in between. Okay, about- because I uh, I was actually reading um, the uh, press release that went out when you won the Officer of the Year for the largest tech support association in the world, and uh, so fifteen stuck in my head. That must have been just in that role. You were there. I, I actually want to take what you have here, and Jason, I want to kind of go to a question we had for Jane, which is, okay, so a lot of people are in their in their mid-career. So we're not, not necessarily talking about people who are starting out in their late teens, early 20s, mid-20s, but people that are in their 40s and 50s, their mid-career. What advice out of everything, you know, looking backwards, what advice do you have for people? Couple, couple pieces of advice is, you know, what makes your heart go pity pat when you get out of bed every morning? And if it's not going pity pat, then that's probably a sign that you're, there's a change of some sort. So you need to sit down and really just have a talk with yourself. What is it that, again, it gets back to what, what's going to bring you happiness is knowing that you're, you're providing value and where um, those opportunities are where you feel like you can provide value. Uh, relationships are key. That's why I extended my professional extension into another group. I got on the planning board uh, with the local group here in the Women in Technology in the Heartland and um, continued to you know, work hard and, and, and give as much as I could within the capacity of onboarding few, uh, new people in my own local chapter of HDI and so forth. Um, but to, uh, you know, as, as my predecessor and great mentor, Nick LaRouge, always says, you know, uh, give tirelessly. And so it's... Mm-hmm. Make sure you stay connected. Uh, you know, I have a, a close acquaintance of mine who's going through a job loss, uh, a job transition, trying to transition uh, the same age as myself. And that's the missing link is that lack of networking and relationships. And uh, he's feeling it. He's feeling the challenge of, of finding the right, um, the right on-ramp. I love that give tirelessly. I, that also belongs on a hat. We're of a thing where we like to put slogans like that on the hat so people can some people do t-shirts. We're kind of into hats over here. At least I am. Brandon doesn't wear hats. My hat is metaphysical. My hat is metaphysical. I want, I just want to interject. Um, 
I actually am part of a, um, a group down here in, in Orange County, and I got added to their chat. It's, uh, I guess you'd call it like a, um, uh, a group that, that works on changing things here, making it for the better. And they tagged me in this, this chat online as the hair. The hair. The hair. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I just said, okay, thanks, guys. Thanks. Just just say thank you and move on. Metaphysical hat. So, um, so, so it sounds like uh, part of the advice, Jane, that you, you would give people who are mid-career is to um, become uncomfortable, to um, embrace. If, if things seem just like repetitive and complacent, maybe become uncomfortable. Look for what else you can do. Um, it sounds like you kind of went down that journey. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, it's not like you wake up one day and, and just know what it is. Uh, it, it's that talk with yourself is what is it that that um, what's the value that I know I can give? It's probably going to be based on your your experience, your knowledge, um, where, you know, you've made a difference and um, finding channels and relationships whether it's through professional organizations or other types of uh, connections to uh, keep the conversation going. I had several morning coffees in my, uh, when I left my, my job and I knew what I was targeting. I knew I wanted to get on the uh, software consulting side. So I knew I had some, uh, a couple of companies I was targeting, but with that, uh, you don't take any of it for granted. You still have to have a plan B. So Plan B was to stay on the practitioner side, the consumer side. But I worked the hardest at, uh, you know, through LinkedIn, through your uh, electronic digital connections that you have out there to just keep reaching out, um, utilizing, you know, HDI. Uh, I, and I have to say, HDI had a heck of a lot, the relationships that I have there to do with where I landed, as well as my girls' golf league. Um, those two things I pretty much sure landed me in my job. <laughs> because in the interview, even though I had to come in and give a, a presentation, which you know you're nervous about, I knew they were really just checking to see uh, if the chemistry was there, if I was someone they could have a beer with, if I was someone that they could sit down and, and from a person-to-person level uh, understand people. And when the gentleman in the room says, what do you do for fun? And I say, I play golf on Wednesday nights. And two of them lean forward very seriously and say, what's your handicap? I probably wouldn't have done this when I was 25 or 30, but I can, I guess, through wisdom and experience and being comfortable uh, through going through, again, my formula of the influencer model and knowing what I worked through, I, I leaned back and smiled and said, it's not about the golf. And they very seriously leaned even further and said, it's not. Because <laughs> they're into it. No, it's about the beer and the good conversation, mostly the great conversation. And um, that's the first time I was ever on an interview that just turned and felt like, honestly, felt like a party. It was, mm -hmm. it was cool. Um, so you knew you were in the, state, in the right spot. What's that? That's how you knew that you were in the right spot. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was a company I targeted because culture is important. Um, I influenced another <laughs> a competitor to come up with um, enough to know enough about culture and what was important in terms of core values that I certainly was looking for that. Uh, in a company too. So know your core values. Um, that's not in alignment then. Um, mm -hmm. So black tunnel. Jane, you know, we're talking about professional development. We're talking about change and we're talking about stepping out of your comfort zone. That, that reminds me of a story where one of the first times that I really got to know you on a, on a deeper level, um, 
a couple of years ago at our leadership development summit in Colorado, I asked you to present the key to our success award. And I was blown away. I think there was not a dry eye in the entire room, <laughs> but I was blown away by what you delivered. Could we talk a little bit about your process on developing that, that speech and the story that you told and sure. how did you view that challenge? Uh, well, the, the, the challenge was to deliver a speech in a short amount of time uh, on the award being the key to our success. Um, and the good news is, is I've been a recipient of um, the person that we are honoring of the help that that person's given to me. So it was very much very intrinsic to me, um, making sure that, that there is a, a solid story, very heartfelt. Uh, but I like to have a little fun. Uh, I like to tell stories. And um, so I thought, well, it's a key. It's a key to our success. And um, I'm thinking of key stories. The one that popped into my mind is the infamous Benjamin Franklin uh, tied the key to the uh, to a kite, went out into the electrical storm, and and changed the world. And the more I thought of that, <laughs> uh, that's what Carrie did, or Carrie does. Is there's you know among 460 some plus officers across the United States that we all all of us lean on her for, and she guides us on. There's a lot of organized chaos. There's also a lot of energy. Uh, and she has to help us uh, channel that and be focused and uh, most appropriate award. So I correlated uh, the storm that Benjamin Franklin, Franklin went out to in his experiment, read up on his experience. And, and coincidentally, it was a couple centuries before the date, the June date of that award was also really? the day that he did this. It was just like, yay, because I was Googling like crazy trying to write the speech and uh, a lot of great parallels. So um once I read and I saw what he went through and what, what he connected and what he was trying to solve, it really was an easy parallel to draw. It was just a matter of delivering it and making sure that it was my heart talking. And that was not hard to do at all because she was so well-deserving. You did it very well. And I, I feel like I got to know you better that day. And you kind of set the stage for what we did next is you had the idea of, of giving everyone in the room a little key. Um, or was it between you and Jenny? We had the idea of giving everyone in the room a key and they wrote like a little two word, they wrote their name on it and a thank you. And everyone got up and hand delivered it to Carrie. That was really moving. It was. There was much crying going on there. <laughs> it was an emotional experience. So thank Mission you for accomplished. That. <laughs> Mission accomplished is right. So Brandon, do we have time for one more thing? We do have time for one more thing. What do you got for me, Jason? <laughs> this week... Um, I, I had the pleasure to go see that new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. And I have to admit, I, I was a little out-nerded in the theater. I am a nerd, disclaimer, but I was surrounded by people that, that maybe they saw the first one, maybe they really understood the, the story. Have you seen that movie or have you heard about it? Yeah, I have. Um, I saw it in French, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. <laughs> you saw the French version, very good. No, I have seen one and two. I want to hear your thoughts on it first, though. I thought it was well done. I, I recommend the movie. It's a yes for me. But I didn't really – I thought it was – I'll say it this way. I didn't really connect with the the branding of the story and the characters because I didn't – I wasn't aware, except for baby Groot. Everyone was like, oh, he's so cute. You know, he says, I am Groot over and over. Jane, did you hear that? Did you see the movie? I did not. My husband went and saw it while I was at the HDI conference. <laughs> uh, 
uh, last week. Did he tell you about it? What he thought? Uh, yeah, he and the, the neighbors went. They Yeah, they said it was great. I, I haven't given him a brain brain dissection of it yet. Yeah. I haven't had time. But I'm sorry I missed it. Sounds like it was real well done. It, it was okay. Yeah, it was I mean, I like part one better. I did see part one. I don't know what that song was. Oh, that's like the main song, Fox that's, on the Run. It's see, fun. that's the thing. I don't get it. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a true fan. Kind of like my, my hat here. I, I don't really get it. Oh, I well, the band, the band is called Sweet. I, um, they also sang Ballroom Blitz, late oh. '70s, early '80s. I'll send you some links. You'll, you, you know them. You know them. Please you do. just don't. You're like, oh, that song. Yes, that's. <laughs> That's exactly what will happen. So I thought the movie was good. I'd, I'd recommend give it a thumbs up, even if you're not a true fan. But I think for the true fans, you're going to like it even more. Okay. Next time we talk, I'm going to tell you about Arthur, the, the movie that's out right now, mm-hmm. and how to separate historical legend from historical fiction. Just think on that for a while. That could be like a bonus episode. That's pretty good. We could probably talk for about an hour on that topic, and I think we should. Definitely. Well, hey, we got to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. So, Jane, thanks for coming on. This was awesome. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for the, the honor of uh, getting to participate. Two words. Uh, part of the whole change thing. Mm-hmm. Bloom where you're planted, but also bloom where you're transplanted. I let bloom where you're planted and bloom where you're transplanted. Yep. I've got to point out that's actually nine words. <laughs> A couple-ish, nine-ish, no. <laughs> Brandon's in charge of all this stuff. What's your favorite license plate? What would it say? I'd always say bloom. bloom. And then when I started thinking about that, it's like, well, bloom where you're, bloom where you're planted, but bloom where you're plant, transplanted also. Hmm. Fitting words for for this conversation. Thank you so much. I like that. Until next time. Until next time. Good, Jane. Thanks for being on the show, Brandon. Great to see you. Enjoy the terrible Southern California weather. I don't know how you're going to do it, but ah, you know it's brutal. But someone's got to go out there into the sun. (laughs) Into the sun. All right. See you next time, man. Thank you, everybody. Bye now.